Warning, the following program contains critical thinking, honest opinions, viewpoints on culture that may seem conservative, and a positive view on absolute detestable things such as marriage and children. Listener discretion is advised. Why, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Subtle Rampage Podcast, where we discuss the things that I like to discuss. You know, typically that involves things that slightly irk me, slightly irritate me, are a little bit controversial, you know, but I've had a lot going on over the last month, you know, been out of town quite a bit, and just wanted to take a step back and relax and talk about something that I actually enjoy uh, most of the time. Today, I want to talk about the practice of journaling, and a few of the conversations and experiences that I've had while out of town over the last couple months have kind of spurred that as like a thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently, a little bit more so than usual, and so that's what I want to talk about today. My first little venture out of town was to go up to Wisconsin with my family for my great-grandmother's 96th birthday party, which was pretty fun, pretty entertaining. Um, There's a lot of family on that side. It's very strange going up there and seeing everybody because I'm like, oh, Uh, I recognize some of the faces, but everybody's aged by, like, this many years, and, like, I I know you are all my cousins, but I have no clue who you are, but it's fine, you know, I met some people, friended some people on Facebook, now I can kind of put names to faces a bit. Anyways, that trip was fun until the ride back, because I got very, very sick. Um, First time I've had a fever in years and years and years, so that was interesting. Made me feel like a a small child. My mom was taking care of me and everything, because I could not function. So don't recommend that. You know, if you're considering getting sick and having a fever and all that, I don't recommend it. Uh, And then my second trip out of town recently was uh, me and one of my Mennonite friends, we went on a little girls trip for the weekend and we ended up going to like the Titanic Museum. For those of you who don't know, When you go to the Titanic Museum, they give you, like, a boarding pass of, like, somebody who was a real passenger on the Titanic, and then you go through the whole museum or whatever, and at the end, you can look at the list of, like, survivors and the list of uh, deceased, and you get to find out if you survived or if you died. Um, We both got third-class passengers, so we were pretty sure we were dead, but we got to the end, and oh my god, we survived. Long story short, uh, the Titanic Museum was fun. I had a good time. My friend bought a Titanic Museum harmonica, so I was, like, driving, and she's over there playing the harmonica, you know, because she's all, like, musically inclined and stuff. Uh, Couldn't be me, but... It was it was it was a good experience. Okay, it was a great experience. I got myself a nice Titanic mug uh, because I buy too many coffee mugs, but it's perfectly fine. It's totally fine. Also, when I decided to go on this trip and I told my parents that I was going out of town or whatever, my dad cracked a joke because we know their whole family or whatever. But my dad cracked a joke. He's just like, I can't believe they're letting their daughter go out of town with a secularist for multiple days in a row. But um, you know. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I'm not that bad, okay? I know how to censor myself. But um, it, it was genuinely a lot of fun. But one of the things that we talked a lot about, because uh, me and my friend, we have 
a lot in common apparently like we've t- we took personality tests on the drive and apparently we have the same personality type which is kind of interesting it makes sense but it was interesting we both enjoy writing people letters we both journal we both like to read we both like to write granted she reads a bit more than i do but i I'm just going to go ahead and attribute that to the fact that, you know, I have more forms of entertainment at my disposal than she does. Uh, So I, you know, get distracted by the TV and YouTube and music a lot more often than she would. That's my excuse. But I guess before I dive into the whole topic of journaling and writing itself, um, I did want to kind of talk for a second because this is also something that I've kind of been contemplating since um, I went on that trip is just like the idea of um, clean entertainment and how often we attribute that to like being like childish or like goody two shoes or like it's not as good. And, um, And for the record, there are certain things like, like Pure Flix. I cannot stand Pure Flix movies. I know there are those of you out there who enjoy them. My parents watch them. My siblings watch them. They like them. That's fine. But I cannot stand them because I just feel like the budgets are so low and the acting is so bad. There are a few exceptions, but I really can't stand Pure Flix movies. And I also can't stand contemporary Christian music for the most part. Um, anyways, <laughs> I, I just was talking with my friend a lot and me and my brother have discussed this before ever since moving to an area that has um several Mennonite communities nearby um (laughs) it's just the idea of like you know being kind of sheltered from the outside world and you know some communities do have smartphones some communities do have social media it just depends on the rules of their church and their community but Um, My friend specifically, her community, I mean, they all have flip phones. They don't really have access to the internet um, unless, you know, they're adults and the access they have to the internet is pretty much just for business. They usually can't really do much else just because they restrict themselves from that. And, you know, you might look at that and be like, oh, that seems so isolating and that seems like like you'll never be able to look anything up. And, you know, I don't know. There's all sorts of reasons to kind of be apprehensive to that type of lifestyle. But I listen to some of the things that my friend says, like, we'll, we'll be talking about boys or something, okay? Because um, she's 21, I'm a year younger. And so it's just natural, right? But we'll, we'll be talking about guys. And uh, she'll say something uh, and I'll just kind of listen to the way that she talks about things. And I'm like, you know, I really kind of wish that I could be on that level of like not having to experience certain things. Like I've experienced things that she probably will never experience in her whole life as far as like being treated certain ways or being talked to certain ways or, you know, having experiences that you like. Uh, you know about and um and so I was talking to my 17 year old brother and he was like you know he's like yeah he's like I kind of wish that I was like as sheltered as the Mennonites are (laughs) and I was like you know it's it's fair it's a fair you know wish because you know don't get me wrong my parents sheltered me pretty well um there was a lot of things that I was not allowed to watch things I wasn't allowed to listen to all that sort of stuff you know and as I got older older teenager and stuff they started putting that decision more on me um I feel like that just makes sense because you're gonna be an adult soon anyways but as a kid I was definitely sheltered but 
when you are out in the world, you're going to run into things. You're going to be exposed to things. And so, like, you know, I had public school friends growing up. I had, you know, internet access growing up. I had, you know, the radio. I had TV, all this stuff. So all of that exposes us to things that we become desensitized to, that when you look at communities like the Mennonites or the Amish even, you know, despite the things that you might not agree with or despite the things that might seem kind of off to you, um, the idea of that plain lifestyle where you're not encountering all this other stuff, not to mention the busyness of life in general, but it just seems so nice and peaceful and refreshing. And there's so much stuff that at least their children don't have to deal with. And I, I just think it's it's kind of nice. I'm not going to become Mennonite um, because, you know, there's certain doctrines that I don't really agree with. Um, and I also like styling my hair and I like wearing makeup and I'm not really a dress person. I will wear dresses, and yes, I have worn a Mennonite dress before because they bought me one. Uh, <laughs> my dad was like, you playing dress up, huh? And I was like, well, it's kind of fun, you know? <laughs> but um, I'm not really down for the head coverings. Um, I think Paul was kind of off on a few things. Um, you know, just do with that information what you will. Maybe I'll do an episode on him and his writings at some point. But <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to become Mennonite. But I do appreciate certain aspects of their lifestyle and certain things that their children don't have to deal with because of that lifestyle. Anyways, on to the main topic at hand here, journaling. So I started keeping a journal when I was probably about 11. I think I got it, you know, out of my mom's like box of like gifts to like give people, you know, when you didn't have time to go to the store. Um, but yeah, so I pulled out this journal. I just started writing in it. And it's honestly pretty horrendous to read and look back on. Um, but I was a small child, so it makes sense. The first half of it is pretty much all just me complaining about my brother, uh, complaining about the fact that he would blame things on me, complaining about him calling me names, complaining about him hitting me. Um, we're both older now. We have a much better relationship. I love him so much. But yeah, when we were kids, it was it was rough. And then when I turned like 12 or 13, that journal kind of switches over completely to where all the entries are just like about boys that I liked, boys that liked me, boys that people said I liked, boys that people said liked me. And it's just, it's just all guys. It's all boys. I think I was just like, you know, that age where it's like, oh, boys. But it's not like you're actually interested in dating or anything. I was very much just like, oh my gosh, he likes me type of thing, you know? Anyways, uh, so that journal is just horrifying to look back on for me personally. It might be entertaining to other people. I mean, I've shared some entries with my best friend and she thought it was quite amusing, but to me, it's just, you know, hard to um, read. But by the time I was like 14, I did start to actually take the whole journaling thing a bit more seriously. Uh, <laughs> I, I got like a, a brand new journal at like a homeschool convention in Nashville and uh, started writing in it like almost every day. I think I probably have like three or four like finished journals now. Um, they're about this thick. They're all kind of the same brand. I think I really like these. Um, I don't know 
what it says. Soul Scripts? Soul Scripts, I think, is the name of the company. I like these journals. Everybody always asks me if it's a Bible, um, but it's not. Anyways, I have several of those finished, uh, so I tend to feel pretty good about that. When it comes to journaling, <laughs> I feel like there are just so many different ways you can approach it. Because, like, if, if you literally just, like, look up how to journal or look up, like, journaling methods or any of that, you're going to be, like, bombarded with, like, a million different ways you could possibly approach this, like, you know, activity, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, there's the whole concept of, like, morning pages, of, like, waking up in the morning and you write, you know, a certain amount of pages and it's all stream of consciousness. Um, there's, like, the five-year journals where you write a few sentences every day for five years, which seems like a very long-term commitment, and I don't know if I would ever be able to actually finish one of those, even though I kind of do the same thing in, like, a different journal I have, but it, it's just, it's all mental, you know? Um, there's there's bullet journaling, there's commonplace books, there's dream journaling, there's art journals, there's, you know, junk journals, there's all sorts of journals. And um, I feel like it gets a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> and I think when I started journaling, I didn't realize how many different options there were. I was more so kind of just keeping a diary, but I thought calling it a diary was kind of, you know, like sissy language. I was like, ew, a diary? That's for like you know, girly girls. Ugh. Um, <laughs> so I just called mine a journal from like the get-go. Anyways, I feel like most of those journal types are kind of self-explanatory, um, but the one that I do find like really interesting is the commonplace book concept. Um, I, you know, couldn't really explain the whole history behind it if I tried because, you know, uh, things go in one year and out the other, but... As far as that goes, I would look it up because the history is kind of interesting. A lot of like, I think founding fathers and like old historical figures like kept commonplace books. And pretty much the whole idea is that it's just this like journal or it's just this book where you keep all your thoughts, you keep all your all these quotes you hear that you like, you keep any information you learn that's important, you, you know, keep track of things that people say that you think are interesting or funny or little moments that happen throughout the day or little sketches that you might put in there. Like whatever you would type into your notes app, whatever you would put in your calendar, whatever you would, you know, share with a friend after you just got out of uh, your university class, like whatever it is, it all goes in the commonplace book and it's all in one place. Um, hence the commonplace name. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I've found that concept very interesting since I heard about it last year. And uh, my only problem is that I think out of all the journals I have attempted, that's probably the one that I've had the most difficulty like implementing in my own life. And I think it's just because of the way that my brain works. Um, I'll probably get into that in a few more minutes. But yeah, I've also seen some people do this commonplace book idea a little bit unconventionally, I guess. Um, some people, I think, like, well, they'll have, like, little boxes or file cabinets or whatever, and they sort out their thoughts that way. So they have, like, a specific place for quotes and a specific place for ideas on certain projects. And so it's easier to find what it is that you wrote down because it's all organized. Um, so I think that makes perfect sense. Other people use, you know, programs on their computer, um, 
you know, I know people use like OneNote or Notion or like notes apps like that to kind of um, collect all their thoughts and keep them in one place. And that's perfectly fine. But I think um, I do prefer pen and paper. It's just less distraction less screen time. Okay, it's more peaceable, if you ask me. Like, I feel cozy when I'm writing with a pen and paper. Like, I could just cuddle up with a blanket and a cup of coffee or tea, and I can light a candle, and I feel like I'm in freaking Victorian times, okay? And it's just kind of nice, and the uh, the ambiance, there's a big word for you, the ambiance, is just very relaxing in comparison to staring at the blue light of a computer screen and that nasty cursor just blinking at you, like, you know you have writer's block, don't you? Don't you know? You have writer's block, right? Yeah, that's how I feel about cursors blinking. It's a threat to me. Anyways, um, another thing that I think is really cool about pen and paper, and some of y'all might disagree if you have bad handwriting, and I guess it's understandable, but I still think it's cool. It's your own handwriting. Yeah, some people's handwriting looks similar. Yeah, you can imitate other people's handwriting, but it's your handwriting when you're writing things down on pen and paper. And I think as far as like looking back on what you've written in the past, I think it's kind of cool because like I'll see how my handwriting's developed over the years for better or for worse. Mine has been mostly for better. Depends on my mood. I was told by my best friend recently um, around Christmas time. I printed off a bunch that were about her when we first became friends or whatever. It was like stuff we went and did and things that we talked about and stuff. And, uh, and she was just going over them. She's like, your writing's bipolar. And then she goes, no, actually, your writing has multiple personality disorder. And I was, like, rude. But um, pretty much the gist was that, like, I would write in, like, a bajillion different colors of pen. And I would write in cursive and print. And I would write tiny and big and sloppy and neat. And, like, it was, like, different, like, practically every entry. And so her assessment is fair. Um, I just don't like it. It hurts me deep, deep inside. And, you know, she's lucky she's my best friend. Um, and I love her very, very much. Otherwise, I could have taken great offense to that comment. I just think it is kind of cool, especially like if you think from the perspective of like, you might die. Morbid, I know, but you might die, okay? And, um, you know, whether it's now when you're young or when you're in your 40s or 50s or, you know, or when it's your 80th birthday or 90th birthday, you know, whenever you die, you will die. And it's like, you know, whoever you leave behind, as far as family members go, at least, you know, they're probably gonna go through your stuff. And it's like, kind of cool to think, oh, well, you know, even if I die at like a younger age, you know, my daughter or my son or whoever it is, can, you know, kind of have a little piece of who I was when I was alive because they can go through and read all the things that I've been through, all the things that I've learned, all the things that I found interesting and all the things that bothered me. Like you can go through and you can see all of that when somebody keeps a journal. You obviously don't want it read when you're alive um, unless you keep your journal like very, very like, um, I guess, <laughs> uh, public appropriate I don't know um unless, unless you like don't put anything personal in there you probably don't want it getting read while you're alive but I'm like it is just kind of a cool concept okay also while I was preparing for this podcast episode um 
I was thinking about like the personal growth aspect, which I've mentioned a little bit, but uh, there's this quote by this dude. I'll probably say his name wrong. Um, it's like Elaine de Bouton or something. I don't know. To me, his name kind of looks like Alan the Button, um, <laughs> but that's probably kind of rude. So, um, you know, luckily uh he will probably never watch this and that's perfectly fine with me because dude's an atheist okay uh wrote a book called how to think about sex more or how to think more about sex um and you know i don't plan on reading it uh it's not really the type of book that would interest me um but i mean he supposedly according to reviews and stuff he does buy for like banning pornography which i think is interesting um but but I guess he then goes on to suggest that, you know, we should make artistic versions of pornography. So I don't really know if that's, like, um, consistent, you know? It's just, it's very strange. People have very strange perspectives on life and on certain issues. But I just discovered this quote of his, okay, that was like, anyone who isn't embarrassed of who they were last year or 12 months ago or whatever um, probably isn't learning enough. I read that and I was kind of like, huh. I mean, I don't know about the year time frame thing. I can see looking back like a year ago and being like kind of embarrassed of like maybe certain situations. I don't know if you should be like deeply embarrassed of like who you were a year ago because the hope is that you're like you know a decent person I mean not like a terrible person but um I can see like looking back you know six years there are things about the way that I was or the way that I thought or the way that I wrote in my journal where I'm like oh god and I can see the personal growth just by looking at these pages and it really is so interesting because I, I mean me and my best friend talk about it all the time like dude we are so different now it might not look that way to the outside world but it's like when you know what you were like how you thought how you processed things and then you compare that to the way you do things now it's so weird it's like surreal but um i think journaling kind of like lays it all out for you to look back on and be like oh interesting i'm glad i got out of that phase or oh interesting i definitely would not have handled um that situation like that uh, if I could go back, but you know, it's fine. We learn, we grow as people. That's the hope. Also, before I move on here, I've got a quick anecdotal story for y'all in relation to the whole, like, you know, not wanting people to read your journal while you're still alive thing. When I was like, I think maybe 17, maybe 18, I had like gone out of town or something or spent the night at a friend's house. I don't remember, but I do know that I came home and my siblings like immediately were like at my feet going, hey, you know what happened while you were gone? And I was like, what? And they were like, talking about my uncle. They were like, he read your journal. And I was like, what? Um, and they were like, yeah, he pulled it off the shelf and he was just sitting there reading it for like an hour. And I was like, oh, my uncle is like five years older than me. We have more of like a cousin relationship. We've always been pretty close. So it wasn't like the most horrifying thing in the world. I'm like a lot of what's in there, he probably would have already known um, because, you know, we would always talk about stuff like that. But in general, I was like, really? 
the violation of privacy my guy and um so then i'm like calling him like you read my journal and he's just like yeah he was like it was actually really interesting he's like it's kind of like a chapter book he's like you write really long entries he's like and they're very descriptive he was like, I, I felt like I was there. And I think that was probably the best thing that anybody could have said to me after reading my private journal was like, tell me how great of a story it was. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, glad you enjoyed it. Granted, there are some things that I would have uh, preferred him not to read, but he probably doesn't remember most of it anyways because, you know, he's old. So it's fine. One of the things about most of my older journal entries is that it's very much like documentation oriented uh that's why you know he made the comment about like it's very much like a story um it's because it, i would do like a lot of like very detailed this is what happened this is what was said this is how i felt you know type of thing um and i think people kind of have like two different approaches when it comes to writing things down in a journal and it's either like a documentation approach or a reflection approach and I think the two can kind of like merge at some points but some people like they sit down and they journal and it's not really talking about like all the specifics of a situation it's more so talking about like this thing happened and this is how I feel about it and this is how I'm processing it and what can I do to heal and like all this stuff, right? Um, so that's how some people approach journaling. I usually prefer a more documentation approach. I like to look back and know all the details because if I don't write it down, I'm not going to remember it in six years. There's things that I wrote down in my journal like a year and a half ago that I, I'll sit down and I'll read it and I'm like, I forgot this even took place. But in that same vein, you do have to remember that, you know, it's still like all of these journal entries are still from the perspective of a specific individual. So it's not going to be completely factual. And even if it is to the best of their ability, it's still going to be, you know, through their own perception of what happened. Like, Okay, and th this one's not exactly that type of situation, but um, I was like going through some of my old journal entries and I came across one where I'm just like talking and I'm like, oh yeah, me and my best friend, blah, 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 blah. And uh, right now we are sewing my bag. That was a blatant lie. <laughs> And it's hilarious because I, 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 I read that to my best friend on video chat. I was like, you want to hear this? And she just goes, what are you talking about? She was just like, I sewed that bag. You did not help at all. And I was like, I know. But according to my journal, we sewed the bag. So I thought that was kind of funny. But, you know, this, so that's what I think it's like interesting, um, like in school or whatever. Um, you have to use like a primary source for your history paper, right? And a journal from the 1920s from some girl or whatever. That's a primary source. And I think it's just uh, important for us to remember that whether it's a journal entry or an article or, um, you know, a statistics uh, research study, I don't know, uh, anything that is done by a human being is being done by an individual who has their own perception of the world, who has their own perception of things that happen. And uh, it doesn't mean that that is always exactly what happened. <laughs> And it doesn't mean that people don't lie. I'm like, that journal entry of that, you know, pilgrim girl or whatever that you used for that history paper in your history 1304 class. Um, yeah, she just lied completely. Like, I, I doubt it. But it's possible 
and I just find it so fascinating. Like, you could just lie in your freaking, you know, journal, and your grandkids could think that you were, like, on a freaking sports team. That's another thing. Me and my best friend have talked about this. Like, we might as well just do, like, sports photo shoots, because neither of us are sporty, and then, like, just have, like, a whole, like, book made as if we were on, like, a baseball team or, like, a softball team or something I don't know and just like tell our kids like we were super sporty in college and um I just think that's like the funniest thing ever um but yeah you know you might not if you don't like lying for the purpose of comedy but I just think it's funny another thing on the documentation aspect of things is like Okay, I've always had a fascination with, like, going, like, you go to a yard sale or you go to a bookstore or whatever and you pick up a book or, like, a scrapbook or something and it's got, like, you know, writings from some random person who you've never met who may be dead, may be alive, who knows, um, and it's just, like, a little piece of who they were or, you know, a little piece of their lives. Just last summer, okay, I took my best friend to McKay's in Nashville for the first time. Um, and for those of you who don't know what McKay's is, it's a bookstore in Tennessee. I think there's a couple locations in North Carolina. Um, I don't know. But it's probably the most amazing bookstore I've ever stepped foot in uh, to this day. My mom used to take us as kids and I loved it then, but I love it even more now because I can read more things and um, I can, you know, recognize more music and all that fun stuff. But the Nashville location is just floor-to-ceiling books and records, etc., pretty much. Anyways, my best friend and I, we found one of those, like, burn this at the end type fill-in-the-question books, okay? And it's a used bookstore, so somebody had already filled out most of the book, and I think me and my best friend may have spent, like, 20 minutes just sitting on, like, the dirty floor at McKay's reading through this grown man's account of his life through the lens of this, like, burn-at-the-end book, if you will, and, um, he had been through a divorce. It was one of the biggest regrets of his life. Um, losing the love that he had with this woman. It was honestly a great through line, if you ask me. It was very, very interesting. I think my best friend might have actually bought it. You just get this like little lens into somebody else's life. And, you know, and that might be kind of creepy. It might be kind of weird, but it's like, well, they wrote it down. So, oh well. Dude didn't burn the book at the end. That's literally in the title. So, you know, it's not my fault. And then another thing that people use journals for is the whole like familial information aspect. Mine is like mostly through stories. I don't have any like keeping track of like genealogy, like this is the mother and this is the father and this is the family tree, but some people do. And I do think that's really cool. Um, I don't remember who it was. Oh, uh, one of my friends, like uh, an older couple that I'm friends with, um, their one of their mothers who I met before she passed away was writing down all these stories of her life and stories of the family and stuff before she passed away. I know a lot of older people do that when they have the time to when they're a bit older, and I just think that's a cool thing to leave behind. I mean, I have no interest really in finding my parents' journals and reading them at present moment. But um, when they do pass, you better believe that will be one of the first and most interesting things that I look for um, in all of their stuff. Because, um, you know, besides, of course, the seven extremely different personalities that they created and birthed and such, it will be one of the more interesting things to leave behind because it's like these are their thoughts during a certain time in life. And it's just cool. Also, 
when I look back on some of the random things that I've written about my family, so many of them are just funny. Like, I read one from a couple of years ago when one of my sisters was still, like, four or five, and she was asking me when she would get boobs, and it turned into this whole, like, long conversation where she was just cracking up, and she kept asking the same question over and over, and it was just adorable. And I read that at some point, and I was like, I would not have remembered this if I had not written it down. And so I just think that's uh, kind of important. There's things that you will not remember <laughs> unless they are documented. Now, obviously, I've mentioned a few of the other types of journals that people keep. And I feel like I should confess at some point in this episode that over the last year and a half, probably two years... My journaling in this thing over here has been a bit lacking. Uh, there are big spaces of time in between entries in comparison to my journaling habits in the past. And at first, I was inclined to feel badly about this because I'm like, I kept up this habit for so long and now it's kind of dwindling. And, you know, I still do feel kind of bad. I'm trying to pick it back up again. It's been going decent for the last few weeks. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but I feel like part of my problem there is not just that I've been dwindling or lacking on that front. It's that I started focusing on other forms of journaling. So like, I think summer of 2021, my best friend and I were like talking and she's just like, you know, I'm going to do like one of those like summer journals that people do for the summer. And I was like, I like that idea. And so she put hers together and I put mine together and I think we're both still keeping them up because we'll like get on video chat and just sit there and like work on our journals in like silence. Uh, but they are like more like, I guess, bullet journal-ish. And I say ish because there's like a bajillion different ways to keep a bullet journal. And I feel like some people attempt the whole idea of bullet journaling and it doesn't work for them because they don't adapt it to what they need. They just kind of try to follow somebody else's system. And for me, I keep a pretty like compact spread. I don't have a bunch of other lists. I did in my first bullet journal for that summer just because it was new and it was great and I had all this time during the summer to do it. Um, and then I realized, I was like, if I'm going to keep this up long term, it needs to be far, far simpler. My best friend, she's graphic design major. She does all the artistic stuff, um, the drawing and the, you know, computer design. And I am really bad at listing off those things because I don't do them. But her journal is very artistic and like very much like drawings and cute little like themes for every month. Um, I've had a few months where there were cute themes, but most of my spreads are pretty simplistic. Like this is the um, cover page for September if you're watching the video <laughs> of this podcast. But you know, I'm proud of some of them. And then some of them are very, very basic and kind of ugly. But what I do is I've started using the whole bullet journal idea as like just a planner. I have the month spread. Okay. It's like my calendar. And then in most months I keep like a line a day page where I just write a line every day. And uh, sometimes I expand upon that and I have one page for the best thing that happened that day and one page for the worst thing that happened that day. It just depends on how, how, how the month is going. Uh, some months I have pages for Bible verses. Some months I have 
pages for to-do lists. It just depends on what I have going on. So this is like my current version of the bullet journal thing. Um, I do like this. This was my first one. It's nice and covered in all sorts of stickers. Um, courtesy of my traveling and buying stickers and also my best friend making me stickers. Um, she's a real one. I do like having the three ring option on my new one. Apologies to those listening to just audio. Um, bear with me. I'm showing off all my pretty journals. When I went up to Virginia with my Mennonite friend, we stayed uh, with some of her acquaintances, I guess. And after we had like the most tremendous egg bake for breakfast that morning, the rest of us girls, we were just kind of sitting around in the living room talking and the subject of journaling came up. This is why I'm saying it's been on my mind lately. But um, one of the girls was like, yeah, she's just like, I have a lot of really full journals. She's like, but there was a whole like eight months, I think, where I did not journal at all. But I wrote letters, like very detailed, like eight page letters to one of her friends in a different state. And so she's just like, so really, she's just like, I could just ask my friend to show me all the letters. And she's like, and I would know what happened in my life because that was how I was documenting my life at the time. I love writing letters to people um, when I'm in the mood, of course, but it is fun. You know, you get to send something and somebody gets something in the mail. They're like, oh my gosh, I got some mail. Like, it's just such a rare thing to get good mail. That's not like a bill or an insurance thing. So it, it is nice to get a letter every once in a while. But another thing, we were talking about was habits and I had mentioned that I had been kind of slacking on my actual journal like where I actually write things out for pages and my friend was like you do journal you're just keeping a different kind of journal right now and she's just like it's not like you're really slacking she's like you're still keeping up a journaling habit it's just a different one and I was like yeah you know that's true that's fair whatever also okay here's another one when I was in Wisconsin I actually got to meet my old English professor who I've kept up contact with. I actually got to meet the guy for the first time in person because all of my classes with him were like over Zoom in like 2020. And so we actually went, got coffee, sat down, catched up, um, talked about like all this different stuff. It was so much fun because like me and him, we don't agree on like anything politically or religiously really. Um, completely different life experience, completely different life perspective for the most part. But I think we're both the type of people who like like having conversations with people who disagree. So like we're both like not really getting like emotionally invested in the hot topic issues. We're like finding like all these different ways to relate to, to different subjects and stuff. It's just so much fun. And one of the things that stuck with me most when I was taking creative writing classes from him was he was constantly urging us to keep a, like a writer's book, a writer's notebook. I'm sure it's pretty self-explanatory, but what that is, is just a little book, okay, where you just keep track of like details you notice, people you think are interesting that you might form a character based off of, words that you hear that you want to use, sentences you think of that you want to use, anything like that, imagery, um, analogies, anything you hear that you want to keep track of to use in your writing later. And so I started keeping a writing journal when I was taking those creative writing classes. Before that, I had just kind of write, I wrote down anything wherever I could write it down and then things were just kind of a mess and whatever. And then I started keeping a writing journal. The problem with 
keeping a writing journal for me personally is that I still was writing things everywhere else and then just copying them into my writing journal because even though my writing journal was with me, like it wasn't like the closest thing to my bed or it was it wasn't as easy as just typing it into my phone and then going back and writing it in the writing journal later. And so I I have it. It's like halfway full. That's all great. But I I think I've discovered a different way to go about that. There is a lot of journals that I have started over the years. Like I think when I was like 15, I started like a travel journal because I'd gone and see my friend in Florida. There's like two weeks worth of entries and then it stops because I didn't take it on any other trip I went on. I have like journals where I was like, oh, I'm going to start like keeping track and like writing down lyrics of songs and poems that I like. Yeah, that stopped like two or three entries in. Um, There's the commonplace book that I tried to start. There's a lot of journals that I've tried to start. I think the only random one that I've kept up besides my normal one and my bullet journal is just I have this stupid shiny purple notebook that I kept because somebody in my family gave it to me. Um, No offense to that person if they are watching. Uh, I just don't like phrases that are encouraging. This says, you are your only limit. And I'm not the biggest fan of like, you are your only limit. Be who you are. Uh, Listen to your heart. Um, I'm just not the biggest fan of stuff like that. Or like, be happy. And I'm like, I don't want to be, like, you're telling me to be happy. Stop. Like, now I don't want to. It's that rebellious spirit that my mom passed down to me. Um, But anyways, this particular journal is just full of depressing, angsty, like, rough drafts of (laughs) writing and poems and stuff that will probably never see the light of day. But I've also put some of the things that I finished that are really actually good things that I'm proud of they're also in here so you know it's just kind of a little compilation of things that I can look back and I can see how my writings developed so I do keep that one up for the most part but like I was saying with the writing journal and the commonplace book ideas specifically I find them very interesting I see how they're helpful I think they are cool but I was just really struggling with them personally and then after like dwelling on the whole concept of journaling and why it's been so difficult for me in certain aspects um, recently I was just kind of like Oh, and it just kind of hit me. Okay, I have this stupid, you know, normal notebook, okay, from freaking Walmart. It's got, like, the dot grid paper in it, okay? And I realized that, honestly, all these types of notebooks have really kind of been sort of a commonplace book, where also writing ideas that would go in my writing journal have gone. Oh, bee stickers just flew out of my writing journal. I forgot I put them in there. I have so many bee stickers. It's so great. So anyways, I I realized over the last few weeks, I'm like, 
you know, now that I think about it, this random notebook that sits beside my bed, it's where I take notes on videos and lectures I watch and listen to. It's where I jot down any sentence ideas or words that I like or anything I would put in my writing journal. It's where I write down my to-do list for the most part. It's where I write down anything I need to remember. It's where I write down quotes from, you know, historical figures or books that I read. It's where I write down things that my siblings say that I think are funny. It's literally where I just jot down everything. And some of it's in good handwriting, some of it's in bad handwriting, some of it like is like gibberish and makes no sense because I wrote it half asleep thinking I was getting it out of my head and then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I don't even know what that says. But I realized that I was already doing what I was trying so hard to do in a fancy-like manner and I was like, huh interesting. That's pretty crazy right there. So I think I'm just gonna like relax now on the commonplace book front and the writer's journal front because I'm like it really like I'm writing it all down in one place already. Like what is my issue here? I can't believe I didn't realize this before. But yeah. So I'm just gonna go with that from now on is like my little notebooks are my commonplace books and if I decide to find like a fancier journal or something to do that with then we'll see how that goes but I might feel a little too restricted by that. I guess the whole concept of like trying to narrow down how to organize my thoughts um, has just been uh, quite the process because naturally my thoughts and ideas are just kind of all over the place and they're constantly popping up in my head and they're constantly being put in my phone and on my computer and like whatever piece of paper is closest to me. So, you know, it's a journey trying to figure out how to organize it all in a way that makes sense to my brain and the way I process things. But personal growth, we're getting there. We're getting there. Anyways, um, I hope that if you have started a journal in the past and you put it down and never picked it up again, that maybe just thinking about it a little bit has kind of um, prompted some inspiration in you to start journaling again because it is really nice to have that habit and it actually helps you to write better both handwriting-wise and thought-wise and sentence-wise. It helps you to write better. It helps you to think your thoughts through efficiently, um, especially if you're somebody who's, like, super anxious and, like, constantly thinking of things. Like, just write down what you're thinking about. It might not always help, but it could. <laughs> like, sometimes it doesn't help, but sometimes it really does to just get it out of your brain because the thoughts are just going to keep coming, so you might as well, you know, do something with them. Anyways, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Subtle Rampage. Uh, even if this isn't exactly your area of interest, you have made it thus far, which means you're just going to have to deal with your own personal life decisions. If you don't really like how that makes you feel, maybe you should try journaling about it and go ahead and process those emotions. If you enjoyed watching the podcast on YouTube, make sure to leave a like on the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thank you. Go ahead and keep that up. Don't forget that you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Subtle Rampage Podcast. And supposedly, new episodes air every Wednesday morning, or so I've been told. I don't know. That host is kind of flaky. She gets sick a lot lately. So uh, I have no idea. But anyways, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>